Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Bao Xiao Wen, and I'm here with one of my peers, Kyla Fair. And welcome to our very first episode of Music Dial. Okay, Kyla, before we get started, I just wanted to take a moment to listen to this brief excerpt. Okay, so you just heard one of the examples of music therapy that is being used at the St. Louis Children's Hospital. The guitar and the singing is performed by their very own music therapist, Christy Merrill. And I highly encourage you to take a look at this video the link on our website because it tells a really moving story about a little girl named June and how music therapy has impacted her recovery. Uh, thanks for sharing that video about y'all. But I guess, what even is music therapy? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think to answer that, um, we'll have to go way back in history, like way, way back to the pre-literate times. And of course, especially since there were no written records at this time, we really have to rely on archaeological findings and stories that have been passed down. So music was thought to exist thousands of years ago. In fact, there's some evidence of a bone flute dating back to 45,000 years ago. So super long. Um, researchers believe that music like this was used during rituals as a way to communicate with spirits and like metaphysical forces. And we will see throughout this episode and the rest of Music Dial that the definition of music therapy really heavily relies on the understanding of diseases and illnesses at the time. So you're saying like in the, in the preliterate times, they would sing to the spirits as a form of music therapy? Yes, exactly. And if we move forward in history a little bit and we start looking at early civilizations, they kind of did the same thing. And so during like these early civilizations, disease was thought to be a punishment from the gods. So of course, as a result, we find evidence in music therapy acting as a way to communicate with and appease the gods in an attempt to stop illnesses or death. And so fast forward a little bit more in history, we start seeing ancient Greece. And here we see a slightly different take on music therapy. And if we kind of think back to, you know, um, like high school history and stuff like that, um, we learn about a lot of philosophers, like we've probably all heard of like Pythagoras, Plato, Aristotle, like all of them had their own two cents about music. And Plato thought music was a way to purge the soul so that it becomes pure and clean. And Pythagoras actually just discovered music overtones. So that's what he was obsessed with. Um, he thought that listening to music with like, you know, the appropriate overtones, like quote unquote appropriate, such as like a string instrument is better than listening to something like flutes or cymbals. And so as a result, he thought that like music could lead to mental harmony. And on a similar note, Aristotle thought that music could lead to emotional catharsis. So even though these three philosophers had slightly different opinions about music therapy, they all agreed that music had healing powers. And specifically, we start seeing music as playing a role, not just in physical health, but also mental health. 
Wow, I think it's so interesting that even philosophers during this era were able to realize the benefits of music therapy on mental health. Was this a little progressive for their time? Honestly, yeah, I was surprised too when I read about this. Like, I still think that there is some stigma like to this day, like surrounding mental health and seeking help, which is kind of sad to hear. And like, in my opinion, I think that the advocacy for mental health is such a recent thing when we look back to entire history as like human beings right like you know the ancient greek times and um so like even at this time like i think that like these philosophers are pretty progressive for their own time and this discussion with like music and the mind doesn't really end in ancient greece because we see in the renaissance like baroque and middle ages there's actually a philosopher nikolai who takes a stance on this as well and his opinions were pretty contrary to the popular belief for a while, but he argued that music would actually impact one's psyche, which then impacts their physical state. But it turns out Nikolai's claims is one that really prevails for what we like to probably consider as music therapy in the modern days. Okay, wait, Baochao. Wasn't there also an understanding at this time about the four humors of the body playing a role in health? Yeah, Kyla, you're absolutely right. So in parallel with this, a lot of people, like doctors at that time, believed that there were four humors on the body, which included the yellow bile, black bile, phlegm, and blood. So music played a role into this because like illness is thought to be an imbalance of these four humors. Like if there's too much bad humor, like the black bile and the yellow bile were like the bad ones. So like music was thought to help like purge the body of these and bring some balance back as a way to heal. And so I think like so far when we've discussed like music in early history, it's pretty different to music therapy nowadays. So when we take a look at more modern music therapy, we, um, it really started around the World War I era. And so like a lot of soldiers were getting surgery due to injuries from the war, right? So people noticed that like having musicians like just like playing near the soldiers before um, surgery actually helped calm them down. And over time, music therapy was getting more and more merit in terms of its healing capabilities. And so like in no time, it's been like starting to become recognized on a national level, especially after World War II, because now the VA was starting to purchase musical instruments and like encouraging the veterans to play music as a way to recover from the war, both physically and mentally. So just now when we're talking about the early 20th century, um, more people like doctors, psychiatrists are starting to advocate for the power of music in healing. So um, like I said, psychiatrists really help to advocate for these um, efforts to make music therapy a more widely supported field of study. And we see that they were quite successful because the National Association for Music Therapy was established during this time. And they actually had their first conference in 1950. And Michigan State University, which like at that time was still Michigan State College, um, even created the first degree program to help individuals formally practice music therapy. And so the mid 20th century sounds a little bit like a long time ago, but was actually not in terms of our history. Like 
this is a pretty recent, um, you know, time. Like we really start seeing this music therapy becoming this full-fledged profession that people like Christine Merrill, the music therapist from the beginning of the episode can pursue and really use this as a career to help others. Wow, thank you. It's really amazing to see how much music therapy has evolved over the years and centuries and everything. Yeah, and I'm honestly so impressed. Like music therapy is such a vast field of study. And here on Music Dial, we will try to hone in on a specific application of music therapy and focus primarily on the neurodevelopmental side of it. I just want to thank you all to for tuning in. And I just want to thank Kyla for being here with me. And in the following episodes, we're just gonna go over how music therapy has some applications in ADHD, ASD, and speech development. <laughs>